Hi there, and welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. Our vision is to find sanctuary in Christ, and then to be sanctuary to each other, and express sanctuary to this city. And so, for us, success is loving well, one person at a time. And if we can help you in any way, please do feel free to reach out, jump onto our website, sanctuarysf.com, and we would love to connect. Anyway, back to the podcast. It is good to be here. All right. I have a handout. You can pass that around. Mm. And then, Victor, if you want to pass the thing of pens around. Um, I love a handout. So, (laughs) All right. So as we're passing that around, show of hands, who has ever been in theater or drama? Anybody? Okay, okay. I'm going to need you in a second. Um, And don't worry, there's a part for everyone, so there's a crowd part, so you will um, be able to participate. Um, So, today we are talking about the scene in Mark where Jesus calms the storm. And I don't know if you saw when I sent out in WhatsApp um, to have you be thinking of any kind of story that you came close to death, like any crazy accidents or anything like that. So does anyone have a quick story to share of when death was death was close? Anybody have any good stories? Friday, some <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and death was nigh. <laughs> Anybody else have a quick, intense story? There's a purpose for us <laughs> to think about these. I almost died in Canada when I was 19. Really? I got, I went, I was snowboarding mm-hmm. with some very gifted snowboarders and I was a novice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up going into what's called out of bounds, which is like the unsquished down bit. And I thought it was just a little patch, you know, like a fun bit of wood. And it was the beginnings of the, the forests of Canada. Oh, wow. And I was lost for about four hours. <gasps> and it was a complete miracle I got out. I should, I should have died. Wow. It was horrendous. That was crazy. Yes. Um, well, Minette uh, called and left me like a four-minute audio um, story of the earthquake in San Francisco in '89. Um, and she, yeah. Oh, eighty. Oh, eighty. Okay. Eighty-nine. Eighty. Nineteen eighty-nine. Is that right? Okay. Uh, yeah. So she, I think she was over, kind of close to where she lives now, and was in like a. Um, a brick building that was like not up to code and she was developing pictures um, and 
I think her, whoever she was with was leaving and, and she was going to stay. And then she felt a voice say, actually, you need to leave. And like two minutes out of, after they were out of the building, it was the earthquake. Um, and so when she went back in to look at where she was, had been like all of these like fluorescent bulbs had like shattered, like right where she was standing. Um, so anyway, that's the earthquake story. Um, and I, as I was thinking about this question, um, I was thinking back, I had, I spent a few months in Uganda teaching at a school and we got to go on a safari for a few days. Um, and at that, there's just like a moment that I had that I realized I've only seen wild animals in the zoo and like <laughs> the, the difference between being out where the animals actually live in the zoo, it's like so extreme. Um, and so we had, you know, just like hilarious moments where the guides are like telling us about the crocodiles that are like very close to us in the boat and then um, seeing the lions and all of this. And so then we went to go to our little hut that night. Um, oh, and they had also warned us like that the hippos are really not nice, which I did not know. Um, so we go to our hut and there's like a hippo standing like probably where Robbie is and we were we were just like frozen because it's like I have no idea the protocol for what you're supposed to do with a hippo are you supposed to like be big or small or you know none of that um did I know so um yes just like in that moment like reminded of how small I was and how dependent we were on the Ugandans the guides to like tell us what to do and to um trust them that they you know had our best interest in mind but um yeah, so I bring all of that up, not to make you scared about dying, um, but that our story that we're going to um, read about today is one of those moments where um, real human people felt like they were going to die. Um, and so what we're going to do is is to pretend that we are kind of in drama class. Um, so I have the the scripture um, printed out and so we're gonna read it but we're also gonna think like what were some of the characters in the setting and we already kind of like felt like the emotion um, because in this story people feel like they're gonna die um, so uh, let's talk about the setting a little bit and then we'll get to the characters um, so Victor I think you have a couple of yeah one crazy storm so all right so this is this takes place in the Sea of Galilee um, so this is a picture of that and fun fact the Sea of Galilee is about two-thirds the size of Tahoe um, so just kind of like you can imagine that a little bit and there are some hills around it and they think that or that's where a lot of the storms come is like there's some winds that come off the hills um, so so yeah, as we think about what it would be like to be in the storm, Victor, you can go to the next slides. I was just thinking about like the Pacific here. So it would be a little different um, body of water, but this is from Mavericks, which happens in Half Moon Bay. Has anybody been down there for that? I've never been, but if anybody wants to go, <laughs> I wanna go. So this is like the big wave surfing competition. So I just wanted us to kind of get in the mood of like what, what is this big of water um, feeling like and looking like? Um, so you can kind of imagine the stormy seas. Uh, you can do the next one. 
So this was like a depiction of like a possible mm -hmm. boat um, that they would be on. And then the next slide, this is Rembrandt's um, depiction of this scene. So you're kind of starting to get like a picture of what it's like. Um, so that's a little bit about the setting. And then what do we know about the characters? So what we've gone through in Mark so far, um, who, who are the characters? Like who are the disciples? Um, what do we know about them? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I think that part's super important. So you do have some experts that would know exactly what, how much peril they're in, in like a storm situation. And then you have some people that would be like, what is happening? You know? Um, okay. What else do we know about them? Like, what have they all done recently? follow someone <laughs> yes so the stakes are fairly high right this is not just like a vacation that they're on um, okay so that's sort of setting the scene um, so we are gonna read it now but I do need four people just to read a few lines I will give you your lines underlined so I need three disciples um, and one Jesus who is ready. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> okay. You want to be Jesus? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Three disciples. Okay. Um, all right. Two more people. Who's got it? There we go. Anybody, anybody? <laughs> Robbie, there we go. Okay, so the rest of you, if you don't have um, anything on your paper, you get to make storm noises, and I will tell you when you get to do that. So, um, too much children's ministry, everyone. <laughs> okay, so I will be the narrator, and then. Sorry, I'm being told. I'll be the narrator, and then you have your lines. Everybody, everybody ready for this? <laughs> All right. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There are also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Okay, storm noises. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a mild storm. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? Nice. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And now everyone goes, shh. <laughs> nice. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. 
Amazing. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Sanctuary drama team, I think, coming soon. <laughs> um, all right. So as you read that story, um, first of all, I put, I put different versions of the teacher. Don't you care if we drowned? Do you not care that we are perishing? That's like from different versions. Um, so imagine yourself in the situation. Um, what, how do you think that you would react to that? Um, whatever's church appropriate to say. Because um, there probably was like some pretty visceral responses. Um, so anybody have any, any thoughts of what they would say if they were in that situation? Probably do a very similar thing and just wake Jesus. Okay, we, you know, yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, look alive. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shake him. Yeah. It's kind of interesting what they say, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Because if you think about it, if he's asleep, uh-huh. they're blaming him. They're like saying, you don't care. But uh-huh. He doesn't even know because uh-huh. he's asleep. Right. So you think you'd be like, hey, Jesus, wake up. We've got some bad news. Yeah. There's a terrible storm. Yeah. So it's weird that they're kind of angry at him. Right. If he's asleep. Right. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about, like, what their expectations were of Jesus. um, Because clearly he's not meeting what they were expecting him to do or to be in this situation. Maybe it's because it was not that suddenly. So just like the storm starts, Uh it's kind of starting to wobble the the boat, and they are looking at Jesus like, you know, he's going to wake up at some point. Mm -hmm. And keeps going. Like, come on, you know when you you kind of (laughs) start getting annoyed at some person, (laughs) yeah, just yourself, you know, building up into that until it gets to that point where it's like, yeah, frustrated, right? Because he's like, how come he's not waking up? Like, yeah. he must be doing that on purpose. Right, yeah. right. Like, they probably were like, they probably were like, there's no way that he hasn't woken up yet. Like, yeah. anyone would have been up by now. Like, they're like, he's, they might even think that he's faking it. They're like, he's <laughs> asleep. Right, right. Like, he has to be awake by now. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Anybody else? Like, how, how you would respond? to remind him of his promise. He said, hey, you said we're going to the other side of the lake. It's going down here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like, the, you said that, but it looks like we're going to drown. What's, what's going on? What's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's really, it, it seems like they really, that what they're saying actually is telling us that they actually have faith that he could do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas the natural response would be to be like, Jesus, there's, there's a storm. This is terrifying. What mm-hmm. we going to do, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting. They have obviously processed the fact that in their heads he could do something, and he isn't doing something. Mm-hmm. That, so it's actually kind of really, in a weird way, that anger and frustration is kind of faith, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a wrestling in it. Yeah. Not just like a passivity, you know. Yeah. yeah. I guess there's. I mean, that's, there's one way of reading this, where it's where it is faith, where. It's, there's not a faith element. He's just like everyone is working hard. There's water probably coming on the boat. And here he's he's not pulling his weight. Yeah. He's sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like why aren't you getting up? Mm-hmm. Like and maybe that's why they're angry at him. Mm-hmm. He's just like 
everyone else is working hard. Yeah. They were all tired going into it. Like, it wasn't just yeah. Jesus tired. Mm -hmm. They just done so much. They all needed a break, and they were all tired. So you'd be like, can't we just <laughs> yes. all of this together to, like, get across this lake? And every single one of them, don't you care? Don't you yeah. care? Don't you care? Like, right. You know, you brought us out here. Like, don't you care? Like, yeah. Die? Yeah. There's like some abandonment. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Like this is not great leadership. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So yes, there's a lot of details we don't have. Like we don't really like you were saying the time frame. Like how long did this whole thing take? Um, I think one of the things I'm hopeful for in heaven is that we can like sit with these people and like get the nitty-gritty details um, because it's so fascinating you know we just get these little snippets um, in the Bible but I'm like I have so many more questions for you right right yeah kind of like unexpected mm-hmm yeah. So yeah, so I'm going to talk about a few things um, that um, really stood out to me as I was studying this. Um, and since there's just so few of us, if you have any comments or questions during it, I love I love an interactive <laughs> experience. So feel free to uh, raise a hand. Um, but the first one is that things got really personal, and I think. When we look back on Mark and where we've come from, this this seems like a moment that they have they have, as Robbie said, like walked away from what they knew. But this is a moment where it seems like they could lose everything because of the choice that they made, um, and so the stakes were really high um, for what what the choice that they made um, and where this was going to go. And so you can feel their distress, especially when Jesus doesn't act how they were expecting him to. Um, and we talked about this a little bit, like we, we might expect Jesus to uh, be pulling his weight a little bit more or to be leading or to be doing something about this. Um, and so the two things that they really weren't expecting him to do was to be sleeping during a storm. Um, and they, but then at the end, they're really surprised that just his voice quiets the storm. Mm. So they also weren't expecting to see that much power. Right. Even though they've seen power um, in the chapters before, they're still surprised, and it says they're terrified um, of the power that they witness. Um, so let's look a little bit about the sleeping part. Um, and to me, this just struck me as very human. Um, so we're going to see the human and the divine parts mm. of Jesus. Um, and the first is that he can sleep during the storm and just the fact that he needs to sleep. Like he's not some sort of super hero that he doesn't need food or uh, water or rest. Like he's, he's actually in a human body. Um, and I think 
it's fascinating how many times in the Gospels we just get little comments of like, and then he was tired and he went to sleep or he needed to go pray. Like there's so much about his humanity um, in that. Um, and so we have all of that in his ability to sleep um, through a storm. And then we also have all of his divinity and his power. So the same human that needed a nap um, also can speak to a crazy storm and it settles down. Um, and I was looking ahead, a little bit of a spoiler alert, but I was looking ahead in Mark and seeing what comes after this. Um, so when they get to the other side of the lake, it's just one of the most bizarre stories. There's like a whole demon and like a stampede of pigs. <laughs> um, and then super quickly after that, he, um, he sends them out and he gives them authority over unclean spirits. And so he's like, all right, you guys all ready to do this? Um, you've got to go. And that seems fairly um, quick after all of this. Uh, then John the Baptist gets killed. So like someone really does die. Uh, then he makes bread and fish appear from out of nowhere. And then like in a few chapters, he walks on the same water. So if we take a look back at sort of like the whole narrative, um, I really think that Jesus is revealing his power step by step. And he He's trying to show them who he is. Um, and he's trying to help them see, like really, really sense, like deeply experience his power so that when they're in all of these crazy situations, mm. they can look back and remember. Um, there's so many times that the Bible calls us to remember. Um, and I don't know about you, but I feel like like even a few weeks ago, like I had some pretty intense experiences with God um, that were pretty profound. And then this week even, I'm like, oh, I've sort of lost touch of like what that felt like to be in that moment. Um, does anybody else feel similar? Where you can sort of like be in this crazy moment with God and then like two weeks later, you're like, wait, what happened? Did that really happen? Um, and so... Yeah, just thinking like that, this is one of the, the reasons that God shows his power so, so dramatically is that when we are in those darker, deeper moments um, that we have these really concrete things to look back on and remember. Um, so yeah, I just see Jesus preparing them for difficulty um, and really preparing them to even watch him get tortured and killed and die because um, they're going to need so much sustenance to be able to withstand that mm -hmm. with any kind of faith um, and then to prepare them to believe that the resurrection is real um, so yeah as I was reflecting on this um, and just thinking the the verse in Acts Acts 1 8 came up but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Um, and so I think in this moment, he's also preparing them for the power that they will receive, which, yeah, as I've been thinking about it, um, 
this is like one of the wildest parts of Christianity is that like the same power that he used to calm the storm um, is given to us in the Holy Spirit. Um, and I, yeah, I just have been thinking like that is, that really feels awe-inspiring um, because a lot of times in our lives we don't, we don't always um, get to see that. I haven't gotten to see anyone like calm a storm, um, but, but what would that mean to like step into the power that God has um, given us? Um, so I want to think a little bit about how do we, how do we take this like deep into our own lives and um, think about faith and fear. Um, so we're just going to go through four questions. You know that? Yeah. That slide. Um, as we think about what this passage um, could be in our lives, uh, the first one is, what is your storm? And how are you speaking to God? How is God speaking to you? And what are you being given faith for? Uh, so we'll have a time at the end just to, for you to process this a little bit. Um, so I'll go through these questions and then we'll do a little reflection time. So the first one, what is your storm? Uh, so I just want you to kind of think about your life in the last season and what you're facing and think about like one, one thing that feels particularly difficult um, and what you are afraid of as you think about that. Um, so yeah, just kind of take a moment to have that. Have that, you can jot it down if you want, um, but just to be picturing that. Um, there's a lot of hard things. I think if we could all just go around and say the hardest thing that we're going through right now, we would all be you know, like pretty humbled <laughs> and quieted by that. Um, so yeah, life has felt particularly hard. Um, globally in the last few years um, and there's there's plenty of things to fear so just want you to kind of see imagine what have you been doing in the midst of this storm um, if we think about it like with this with this water metaphor have you been furiously scooping water have you been jumping off the ship <laughs> have you been yelling at everyone have you been laying down giving up uh, have you been pretending that everything's fine uh, so in this passage, we, we saw that the storm ended quickly, um, but we know that that's, that doesn't always happen, right? There's not always this divine intervention in a really quick manner. So I think some of the most difficult times in our lives are when the storm isn't quieted right away. Um, and when we think, and we're feeling that God's just asleep on the job and that we feel abandoned um, by him. And so just think if you're in that place today, that maybe, maybe today is just about beginning with honesty and that we don't pretend that these things aren't happening. I really think that Christians should be the most truthful people in the world. Um, and I definitely wish that following God meant that we don't have storms or we don't have hard things. Um, but we know that that's not um, what Jesus promises. Um, and John 16, 33 says, 
in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we are never promised this trouble-free life. Um, And I think that that can be a really hard reality sometimes. Um, But but what we are promised is the I have overcome the world part, Um, that there is this like glorious backstory of what is happening behind the scenes, uh, that that even in our suffering, there's more than meets the eye. so yeah the first one so what is your storm just picturing that difficulty picture something that's hard for you right now that you don't understand and then i want you to imagine how have you been speaking to god about it um and you might not have been speaking to god and maybe that's the honesty too um i just had a friend the other day be like I haven't prayed in years and she's been like deeply involved in the church. Like I would have never thought that. And, you know, I was just like, well, thanks for being honest. Like, let's talk about that. Um, I think sometimes we pretend that we have this really intimate relationship with God and we're at church and feel like we can't say what's real. Um, so yeah, again, just invite you to that honesty. Um, so yeah have you been talking to god about it um and maybe you're like one of the disciples that's saying do you not care that i'm dying (laughs) like is this thing on (laughs) look alive um i feel like sometimes i especially if i feel like i'm in the same place in my life again and having the same Oh, there's a balloon. <laughs> um, ha- just like having the same conversation with God, um, I can just feel like, are you listening? <laughs> like, are you asleep? Um, so that might be part of your conversation. Um, and maybe you're in like a really cool place with God where you're like bringing your pain on a regular basis. And um, that's that's like been a really sweet season. And I would just say like, keep going. Like that is... That is what we want, right? Is to be in like a, a never-ending conversation with God. Um, so, so yeah, I think just today, today is a new day. If you feel like you haven't actually talked to God about any of this, um, that there are new mercies today and you can start today. Um, so we'll have a little bit of time um, in a bit to like give you some space to do that. Um, and then the third one is, how is God speaking to you? So I want you to go look at the passage again, uh, where Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And Amanda read that in sort of like a, do you remember how you read it? it was like a, I think I'm, I might've been like a little bit like, ang- like not angry, but just sort of like, Exasperated. Exasperated. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Did anyone hear that? Like, what would be like other ways to hear those two phrases? Disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it could also be like encouraging, right? Like, why are you so afraid? (laughs) Do you still have no faith? like pep talk Jesus you know um so I just think this part is really interesting and I want you to think if you heard that in any sort of like 
cruel or condemning or shaming way. Does that make sense? Like, uh, why are you so afraid? Like, you call yourself a Christian. If only the people in this room could see what you did last night. Disgusting. Like, that sort of tone. And just to say that that is not the voice of God. Like, God does not use shame as he speaks to his children. Um, And I want to make a distinction between guilt and shame because I think there are times where the voice of God brings guilt um, as far as like, I did something wrong, I need to make that right. But that is very different than I, like, I did a mistake versus I am a mistake. Does that distinction make make sense? Um, And so, yeah, just as reflecting on this and, and wanting all of us to think about if we're hearing, if we're hearing that the voice of God in any sort of shaming way, then that is probably coming from a distorted relationship, a distorted human relationship or lack thereof, rather than the voice of God. Um, so Romans 8 really clearly says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, so yeah, just leaning into that. that The voice of God can be firm, it can be loud, it can be urgent. Like, I'm sure when Amelia, like, was running towards the curb yesterday, you could be, like, yelling at her in, like, I don't want you to be hurt. Um, But any kind of, like, you are worthless, um, unredeemable, you've screwed up too much, that is not the voice of God. Um, That is the voice of the enemy. Um, and one of his names is the accuser. So um, just really, yeah, wanting to speak that in that we don't, we don't change through guilt or like through guilting or shame through hate, uh, that we're transformed through love. And this is the kind of love that sees us exactly who we are and loves us anyway. anyway. And it is in the face and the safety of this love that we are changed for good. Um, so that one just feels really important. Is there any, are there any questions or comments about that? doesn't have to be. Okay. All right. So, uh, the last one is what are you being given faith for? Um, what is your, we talked a little bit about what your storm is, your season is right now, and then what would it look like for you to experience God's power in this season of your real life? I think last week we talked about the, um, you comparing yourself to David and just like not doing that. Um, and I wanted to say that again, like this isn't about anybody else, uh, anybody else's story, um, even maybe how anybody else experiences this the spirit, but what is God calling you to in your faith, um, in your life, and what would that look like? Um, So, Victor, you want to do the next slide? Okay, this is a random image, but this is what came to mind um, of like two different dials, Um, and so one dial would be fear, and the other one would be faith, Uh, and so the question that came to mind is what would it look like to dial down fear and to dial up faith? Um, and that might feel like just a little bit dialing down fear right now and a little bit dialing up faith. Um, so yeah, what would that look like in your life? Um, 
<laughs> I think as I've uh, gone deeper in just to thinking about fear um, and studying it, that there was there's one hilarious quote um, that only psychopaths don't experience fear like as humans um, and I just kind of liked the like visceral image of that um, that fear is part of the human experience um, and even the do not be afraid I think it's much less of a condemnation and much more of an invitation so Fear will be present. Like if any of us were in the bay right now in a storm where we felt like we were losing our lives, it's an appropriate human response to have fear. So the goal is not even like abandon, uh, you know, abolish all fear, but what are we going to do uh, when, when we do feel fear? Um, and that this level of faith, it really is risky and we do have a lot to lose. And so um, I think we will have waves of doubt along with faith um, that often doubt isn't even like the worst thing. I think doubt means that you're still in the wrestle. Um, and, and so I think to expect those waves of doubt and fear to come as we're stepping out further in faith. Um, and so, yeah, just thinking about... Um, what would it look like in your real life tomorrow morning when you wake up uh, to dial up the faith and step out and ask God to experience um, his power. Um, and if you're feeling weak, that's actually a good sign. Um, we read earlier in Mark that it's not the healthy that need a doctor, it's the sick. And so just to really hear that, like, you are not the source of your power, um, that there is a source outside of us. And so it's not about you needing to, like, conjure up more and more and more faith. Um, but I think it's more about a position of opening, opening your heart and asking um, to see the power and for your faith to be increased. Um, so, so yeah, what would be one tiny movement of dialing down fear and dialing up faith? Um, I think as I was thinking about, um, my life right now, one of the, the phrases for 2022 was held and bold, um, which are sort of contradictory things. Um, but yeah, I just feel like God has been like asking me to step into a season of like a lot of trust and then a lot of boldness. And so that feels like it's intention sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think um, that has been really sweet. And I was just even thinking about back to like three years ago, which I like knew some of you, but I was like super burnt out and I, I like sobbed with Billy and Amanda the very first time I came to Sanctuary. Um, and so for me in that season, faith looked like just getting myself out of bed and like coming to a church service because church was had been such a source of pain for me. And so to be here, like I couldn't be here and not sob. And I'm not talking about like, a few little tears I'm like I will like cry the entire service and so whew, cry now um, but I think that that felt like faith in that moment um, and so I'm really thankful to be a little bit out of that season um, 
but I guess I just want to say like if any of you are feeling like that like there is space for you um and I think sometimes we just feel like we have all this pressure to have to like have it all together um but yeah I think God just like honors us in our brokenness and like this community has met me so many times in my brokenness I'm like really thankful for that so um all right yeah um yeah so I think we'll just end with um this quote before we do a little reflection um Frederick Buechner actually just passed away in the last week, but this is one of my favorite quotes of his. Uh, Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. Um, so yeah, that just sort of felt like the, the word um, that God was speaking. Um, and Amanda, you can come up and play. Uh, so we're just going to do just give our souls like a little chance to be quiet um, in the midst of all the noise. So if you turn your paper over, uh, there's a few reflection questions on there. Um, and yeah, we'll just do a little alone time and then we'll spend some time praying with like one or two other people um, for, for what God is speaking to you. So.